Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And today's Word for the Day is a continuation of our journey through Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, where we're looking at this passage, famous passage, written by St. Paul regarding husbands and wives. And we're going to look at verses 22 through 24, um, where there's specific language addressed to wives. I'm going to read this from the English Standard Version, then talk about it. St. Paul writes, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of wife, head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So a couple things is is I think obvious to our to our modern um, 21st century sensibilities. This this is the most egregious part of this passage. Um, both men and women struggle with it because we have a, a radically different vision than a patriarchal hierarchy in terms of marriage. And so how can we make this fit into the text? Well, as I've been doing, let me offer two different lenses to read. The first is what I call a face value reading. And I'm I'm trying to make a case that even if one wants to read it that way, you still can't take this text and use it to create a hierarchy in marriage. However, I don't think that's the best way to read the text. I think the best way to read the text is that St. Paul is subverting a cultural structure, um, a socio-cultural cultural pattern of marriage that, uh, that scholars called the household code in in infusing the gospel in it and in this subtle way actually turning it upside down. So let me look at these verses with both of those lenses. So how could you read this that seems so plain that it's telling a wife to make herself subservient to her husband and yet argue that it ultimately isn't trying to do that from a face value reading? Well, number one, remember verse 21 is a hinge uh, clause in this larger section of Ephesians 5. You simply cannot read the language about husbands and wives without it being seen as a modifier of this clause that says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so if you back up a few verses, St. Paul is basically saying, I want you to be people who are filled with the Spirit. And what he means is that you're putting yourself under the control and life of the Holy Spirit. And he lists a number of activities that foster that. One of those is that in the church, we submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so then he speaks to wives and husbands. He starts with wives. And in the household code, this is what would have happened. And he says, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. And the word submit in that first verse, 22, actually isn't in the Greek. It's implied, so it's not bad to translate it that way. Don't misunderstand me. But but taking out, I think, kind of helps connect it to verse 21. But then St. Paul does go on and say, listen, the husband is the head and the wife should submit. Again, <clears throat> this has to be read then in the context of the next verses, where St. Paul says to husbands, different language, but um, language that is a way of submitting to one's wife. Because the word submit doesn't mean subservient, and it doesn't even mean to um, <clears throat> like, like be a slavish, obedient servant. It has more to do with, 
I'm taking my life that I'm in control of and I'm ordering it under your life. And a husband who follows the pattern of Christ as outlined in the later verses is really obeying verse 21. So I would argue that verse 21 controls the text. That's a face value reading. I think that's a limited way to read it because I think as you carefully reflect on this and as you compare this to the way household codes were written in the first century, you'll find that many of them actually pretty much didn't address the husbands, fathers, etc. It was given that the paterfamilias was in charge, had authority, and the ones that were called to submit to the paterfamilias were given their marching orders to do the right thing and be subservient to their leaders. So the first thing is Paul addresses husbands. He addresses husbands and tells them to put their wives before themselves. There is no Roman household code that ever says that. This is radical. So so why then would Paul include or, or continue to include this language about submission if he wants to make it a mutual ordering under, a mutual putting the other person first? And I think, again, it's that um, th- this is the structure that's baked into the world he lives in. The church is on the margins. St. Paul's an apostle. He's like, you know, one of the main bishops of the church or archbishops in this time. And he's a tent maker on the street corner, you know, depending on other people for places to live. The church does not have any power in this culture. The church cannot dismantle these structures. But what Paul can do is say, you Christian people who have to live in these structures, you can live in it in a way that embodies the gospel and actually causes you to love one another in a way that puts the other person first. And I think a careful reading of the text leads to that. So therefore, I think that um, one of the ways to actually use this text is to, is to draw out these, these, these powerful pictures of, of submitting to one another, but then asking the question, how does our culture, what are, what are our cultural assumptions about how a husband and wife should understand their relationship to each other? How does our culture contradict the gospel? And how can we subvert the cultural patterns while living in this culture? We live in this culture and there, there are there are patterns we live in that I don't think contradict the gospel, but they're not they're not reflected in this text. But how do we make sure we're driven by the gospel as well in the midst of a culture that's not driven by the gospel? Well, I'm going to stop there. Um, if if you um, have listened to this and you want to contact me for questions, love the chat. This is a very cursory overview we've done, um, but I hope it's helpful. And as I said, I think that. My key argument is this, that if one wants to read it in a, at a face value level and resist the, what I offer as, a, as a, a second way to read this, then I still think you can't make the argument that the husband is the one in charge and the wife needs to obey him. I think this text is controlled by verse 21, and it's a picture of a mutual submission. But I think the better re- way to read this is that Paul's using an accepted structure that everyone's living in, and he's trying to press the gospel into it from a place of powerlessness 
and, and marginalization in the culture. And it calls us to ask how we press the gospel into the marriage structures of our culture. Well, this is a long one, but God bless and have a great day.